the Daily Brew, the devotional where every day we try a new brew and see what God is brewing for us in the Bible. Yes, we know it's cheesy, but it's true. It's day 175, the last day of Tea Week. Last day you've got me and you're back with Harry tomorrow. But we are doing something a little surprising today. So, because it's a super store-bought can, you may already see it if you are on YouTube. A little bit surprising. We'll get to that in a minute though, because we wanna just quickly talk about our scripture references, make sure we're on the same page. We're gonna be talking today about Psalms 8, uh, 78 verses one to eight, Acts 16 verses one to 15, 1 Kings chapter 12 verses 25 to 33, chapters 13, and 14 all the way to verse 12. Okay, before we get into the Bible, let's try a brew. Now it's tea week, and we have established already that tea is ultimately just flowers and plants put in water, right? I am aware that most iced teas taste very similar. And so I thought because iced tea really is the only store caught store-bought can or bottle tea situation, then I'd change things up a bit this month. And I would try a kombucha. That's right, it counts as a brew because it is brewed. And if you haven't done your research into how a kombucha is made, it's a little bit weird, but it is delicious. So we're gonna try today the Remedy Organic Kombucha. It's got no sugar and it's wild berry flavor. It's in a lovely can. I've just pulled it right out of the fridge right now. So I'm not sure if you're gonna be able to hear this on the terrible audio that is my iPhone today. I do apologize. You've got some beautiful audio to look forward to with tomorrow's devotional. So stay in there with one more day of terrible audio as I open up this beautiful can of kombucha. Have a listen. Ooh, I don't know if you heard that all the way there in my phone microphone, but we're gonna try this wild berry kombucha. I've been drinking tea all week, some of which were very disappointing. So I'm very much hoping that this kombucha makes up for it. Cheers, let's see how this brew today goes. Oh, I like it. I like it a lot. Some kombuchas have a real kombuchery taste, which is a little bit kind of like, ugh, there's a bit of an aftertaste. But what they've done here, with no sugar, might I add, is make it a really delicious fizzy drink. And I do like as well, that it's actually a lot healthier for you than most fizzy drinks. Very good for your gut, very good to taste as well. So I'm probably gonna finish this once I've finished the devotional, but I don't want to drink any more of it now because it is fizzy and I don't want to burp. The question for today, let's get into the Bible, is this, who's coming behind you? And I'm not talking about who's chasing you, I'm talking about the generations or the people that you are leaving a legacy for as they come up behind you. Your Christian faith is not just for you, but for the generations that are coming after you. Ours is a multi-generational faith. What legacy does your Christian and ministry journey leave for the generations to come? Who are you passing your wisdom onto? 
Harry and I are so passionate about the next generation. And I want to encourage you, by the way, that when I bring this challenge, I don't necessarily mean it has to be your own children or someone from a long, you know, far away generation that's coming up. Who are you raising up and investing in now? They can be part of your generation, but our Christian faith is bigger than us. And the legacy that God calls us to leave is bigger than just our life. We're passionate about the next generation, Harry and I, because we recognize that our, our Christian faith, our, the, the people of God, we're one moment away from a revival, but we're also one generation away from extinction. And we see this time and time again in the history of the Israelites, where a generation completely forgot the goodness of God. We must have faith that leaves a legacy. And so how can we do this? How can we have faith that leaves a legacy? First of all, we've got to teach. In our psalm, one generation teaches the next. The Bible says, things our ancestors have told us, we will not hide them from our descendants. We will tell the next generation. It also says, he commanded our ancestors to teach their children. If you're a parent, I want to encourage you, it is your mandate it is your responsibility to teach your children about the Lord. It's not school's job. It's not even kids' church job. It's not their job to find out on their own. God's design is that children would learn about the things of God from the generations before. As a parent, that's your privilege and responsibility. God's design is that we would pass it on to the next generation. I want to encourage you. That looks like leading by example. That looks like talking. That looks like in the scripture, teaching, telling the children about the things of God. Awesome. Number two, train. Paul and Timothy were a beautiful example of what it looks like to train up the next. See, Paul didn't have children of his own. But he adopted kind of spiritual sons and daughters along the way. And with Timothy, he was a specifically, particularly special one. Paul took Timothy on the journey. He trained him while they were doing the work. And then we read in the books of 1 and 2 Timothy, he also instructed him and encouraged him as Timothy stepped out to do his ministry separate to Paul. Who are you taking alongside you? Who at church can you invest in? Who at work? Who in your family can you invest in? Take on the journey. Who can you say, who can you say this to? Come along with me and do the journey with me. Who are you training along the way? And lastly, another great way that we can invest in the next generation is to model. And all not model like mm 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 diva, but model like with your life. Be a role model. In all honesty, when bringing up the next generation, more is caught than it is taught. You can teach until you're blue in the face, but if you don't practice what you preach, if you don't live what you teach, they're going to catch the way that you live more than what you teach. And Rehoboam, unfortunately, modeled all the wrong things, and so did Jeroboam. Both of these men modeled incredibly poor lives and it affected the kingdoms. It affected the generations. 
And there's another story that we see in 1 Kings in chapter 13 where the older prophet did the exact same thing as Jeroboam and Rehoboam had done, an evil thing. He spoke all the right words, but in the meantime was doing a great evil. Man, I read that story and I'm so frustrated at the older prophet because what a wasted opportunity to be able to encourage, to be able to affirm, to be able to champion. What a wasted opportunity for that older prophet to have somebody that they could have a mutually beneficial and encouraging relationship with. Instead, the Bible doesn't say what it was, but it was probably some jealousy, some bitterness that led him to do something so evil as to lead the younger prophet astray. If you haven't read it yet, you're about to read it. It'll all make sense. But it was such an evil deed. While the older prophet likely shared many great words from the Lord, his legacy was this evil, that instead of leaving a great encouraging legacy to this new prophet, he tore him down and destroyed him. We've got to be people who allow whatever challenges we're facing in our life not to stand in the way of the encouragement, of the teaching, of the training and the modeling that we need to do for the coming generations, for those that are coming up behind you. Who is coming up behind you that you can invest in? There's somebody in your world. Pray about it today. God, who do you want me to invest in? It might just be that you encourage, endorse, and affirm them in their faith. Whatever it is, you can make a legacy-leaving difference in somebody's life. And that's who we're called to be as Christians. All right, one final verse of the day for Tea Week. And today it is Acts 16 verse 13. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. You see, Paul, Timothy and Luke and whoever else was with them had plans to pray. But God had other plans. Lydia, who they shared the gospel with once they came into contact with her, became instrumental in the funding and support and building of the church from that day. She was a significant contributor. I want to encourage you to allow God to interrupt your plans every once in a while. You never know what miracle may come from it. All right, that's it today for The Daily Brew. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you're encouraged today. And if you're like Harry and not a kombucha fan, my apologies. I personally think it's really good. You should give it a go sometime. If you don't like the kombucha flavor, the organic kombucha wild berry remedy is for you. I'm not even sponsored, but here I go. I hope you enjoy that. And I hope you have a wonderful day if it's the start of your day. And if it's the end of your day, I hope you had a wonderful day. Good night, sleep tight. And Harry is back with good audio, good coffee, and good chat tomorrow. You've stuck with me through some terrible audio, but come back tomorrow for day 176 of The Daily Brew. See you next month.